It's now recording. Cool. All right. So we're going to pick up our series in Philippians here in verse 5, five uh, verses 5 through 11. But before we do, let's just get some context and some review. It's been a while since um, we've been in Philippians. But what we know is that Paul's writing this letter to encourage the church in Philippi to have joy in what God is doing through getting the gospel forth. Right? He's in prison and he's telling them, hey, be encouraged, rejoice. Things are good. God's working, despite being in prison. He then begins chapter 2, encouraging the believers to seek unity through humility and selflessness. He's talking about, hey, you guys need to be, you need to be unified. Why? Because there were some squabbles. Everybody say squabble. squabble. There were some squabbles happening at the church of Philippi. Some ladies, I think, were uh, having some issues. And he's like, guys, be unified. Be humble and selfless, and that'll, that'll turn to unity. And as he continues here in verse 5, He's going to give us the example of Christ for humility and selflessness. And Christ as the mold we are to fit into. So you have Play-Doh. And through this morning, I'm going to ask you to mold the Play-Doh into certain things. They may be kind of abstract. You may have to mold a concept. It may, be, it may need to be something that like represents, like you have to form something that represents what I, like I tell you to, to make, and that's fine too, but just be ready to mold it into, uh, into a few things. So, let's get into it, verse 5, and let's get, uh, get what God has for us. Lord, please do lead us this morning. God, please have your way. Teach us. Soften us. Uh, plug us in to your mission and your ministry. Plug us into what you want our lives to be and uh, draw us um, by your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Verse 5 says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. He's saying, think this way. Let this be how you think. Let this be your attitude. This Plato is our mind. Okay, that Plato is our mind and our heart. It has to be soft. Right? This is brand new Play-Doh. It's not the old crusty stuff that was over there. It's soft. And our heart has to be soft. Christ is the mold that we are going to be conformed into. Not just what we think Christ should look like or what Christ was like, but specifically what His Word instructs. How, how God's Word describes Christ and His attitude is how we have to be conformed. Right? What I'm saying is, you can go to school, and you can ask anybody in your school, hey, what, what is Jesus like? And if they're familiar with, you know, church and stuff, they'll probably give you some kind of answer. And what I'm saying is that answer is not necessarily the truth about who Jesus is. Oh, Jesus was a pacifist. Oh, Jesus was a hippie. Oh, Jesus was this. Oh, Jesus was that. Whoa, 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 whoa. What does the Bible say about who Jesus is? And then that's what we get conformed into. Does that make sense? Okay, so the Play-Doh. Here we go. Ready? We're looking at Christ's example, so I want you to form the Play-Doh into shape number one, which is a God-man. You're like, what the heck? What? Yep. Wow. Shape your Play-Doh into a (laughs) God-man. Bless you. A God-man. Verse 6 says, who? Jesus, who? Being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Okay, 
What that means is Jesus being, Jesus was the form of God. That word form is like the form by which a person or thing strikes the vision. It's the form. The form is what you can visually see of a person. Does that make sense? It is the external appearance. Jesus was the external, the physical, the visible manifestation of God. And Jesus, being 100% God, but also 100% man, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. He was equal with God. So here's your key point. Jesus Christ is God in the flesh. And being in the flesh didn't hinder him from being God. And being God didn't hinder him from being in the flesh. Jesus, 100% man. But Jesus, 100% God. 100% man, also 100% God. Not 50% man and 50% God. 100% man and 100% God. So I need a student to read John chapter 1, verses 1 through 13, really clearly and loudly. Somebody who's confident to read a few verses here. Just read it really loud. John 1, verses 1 through 13. There's a couple people flipping. Whoever gets there first, just let it rip. 1 through 13? Mm-hmm. Okay. 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 Okay.
laugh at, we scoff at a little bit, where there's this alpha male, right? All these guys like Andrew Tate and all these uh, Joe Rogan and just all these guys who have this alpha persona. They're, they're the, the manly men. They're the ones who eat steak and only steak. And they, you know, they, they mock the effeminate, right? Okay, Jesus was the alpha because he was the creator, right? He was the prime man. He was the number one. And here was his attitude. Verse 7, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. The Alpha said, "Mm, I'm going to be a servant. Jesus' work on earth, if you read through the Gospels, you see that it was not to make a name for himself, through self-promotion, through self-actualization, through self-discovery. He wasn't worried about who he was and who people thought he was. He wasn't here thinking about himself like we all do so often. You know how many times I've thought about myself this morning? I can't even count. It's so much. I'm so prone to just think about myself, how people will view me, how I sound, how I look, what, I, what people will think about me. And I'm 32 years old. You're blank teen, whatever teen you are, you're a teenager and you're, you're in that stage of life where you actually are kind of figuring out who you are. So you're thinking about yourself nonstop. And part of that's developmental, Right. You're deciding who you're going to be. But Jesus was here not thinking about himself, not self-absorbed. See, the thing is, when you're 15, 16, 17, you you are deciding who you're going to be and what your life is going to become, who you're going to surrender the reins of your life to. And yet, after that decision is made, there is a surrender. There's There's a, okay, it's settled. I don't have to worry about myself. Right? I don't have to worry about it anymore. I can be, I can be done thinking about myself. That's what maturity looks like. See, I've got one more year. Jesus died at 33. At 33, then I'll stop thinking about myself. Right? I'll get it eventually. But we get to just stop being so self-absorbed like Jesus. He was not self-absorbed. And yet, still, the Alpha, still the supreme creator of the world, and he came here and he's, he was focused on others. He was focused on obedience. He wasn't here thinking about himself. His name had already been promised in the prophecies. He wasn't worried about his name, making a name for himself, promoting himself to others, looking just the right way so that others would think, oh yeah, that guy's got it going on. He had no comeliness. He was just a dude. He probably wouldn't wear bright green shoes. Maybe he would. He wasn't worried about it. He was here to be with his people. Mark 10, 45 says, For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but what? Why did the Son of Man come? Not to be ministered unto, but to minister. His mentality when he showed up at church on Sunday morning here on 40th and Walnut was what? It's time to get to work. It's not about me. It's time to get to work. 
Could we grow to that place? And to give his life a ransom for many. He came here not thinking, I'm going to preserve my life and I'll serve others. But, you know, this, the rights and the rulership of my life, I'm going to hang on to those. No, 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 no. He came to the earth and said, Lord, my life, it's a ransom. You can do whatever you want. Father, you can do whatever you want with this life. Right? I mean, in the garden, what was he asking God, the Father? If it be thy will, let this cup pass. He's like, hey, you know, if, like if we could do this another way, like if I don't have to get mutilated and crucified on the cross, I mean, like if there's just another way, that'd be great. He's 100% man. And yet, what else did he say? How did he follow it up? But, not my will, but thine be done. Not, thy, not my will, but thy will be done. It's not about, I, I am fully surrendered. I am fully ransomed. He came unto his own as a servant to be received by them, fully surrendered to the will of the Father, and they refused him in his humble heart. And what happened? What happened next? When they refused him, what happened to him? Hell ever since. What happened to him, though? Verse 8. Christ's obedience. Okay, so here's what I need you to form with your Play-Doh. Form with your Play-Doh a sacrifice. Bible study. We, uh, we... We did sacrifices at Bible study. If you weren't there, you missed it. We were making sacrifices. And we, we were like sacrificing each other. I mean, just murder. Blood everywhere is ravenous. Ravenous? It was awesome. You don't want to miss Bible study. Here's what he did. Verse 8. And being found in fashion as a man, Jesus humbled himself. He made himself low and the will of the Father high and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Christ saw himself as a man. He humbled himself. He made himself low and he submitted to the undue punishment and death for our sin. You understand that? Like there's, there's nobody who deserved our punishment for sin less than he did. There's nobody. Like, okay, 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 hey, hey, hey. So I'm, 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 you know, let's go back in the Old Testament. We're in the Old Testament, and you guys are like, you know, part of the nation of Israel, and I'm one of the priests, okay? So I'm like, you know, Manning sins. And what are you doing, Manning? Okay. I'm like, all right, I got an idea. I don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. But man, I'm going to sacrifice myself for your sin. And then I go in there, and Anna, she's another priest, and she's like, all right, all right, Jeff. Puts her hand on my head and just slices me, guts me. She skins my face like on the office, and she wears it. Like, do I? You know what I'm talking about? No, she doesn't do that, but she, she sacrifices me. Did I deserve it? 
Manning sinned and I sacrificed for it. Did I deserve it? Okay. You know, I didn't deserve it because he was the one that sinned. But, did I deserve it, actually? Maybe not for his sin. Have I sinned? Guys, wake up call. Everyone in here, everyone in the whole world has sinned. So did I deserve it? Well, I mean, not for him, but actually, yeah, I got what I kind of deserved. Does that make sense? Okay, so Jesus comes in. Manning sins. The priest is like, hey, I'm going to sacrifice myself for your sin. And then Jesus gets crucified. Did he deserve it? Well, no. He didn't deserve it because he was the one that sinned. But did he deserve it at all? Not at all. He never did anything. Like if, if anyone else would have been crucified for our sin, they would have deserved it at some level. But Jesus deserved it not at all. And yet he was fully willing. We, we kind of deserve it, and yet we're kind of not fully willing to be a sacrifice. It's like Jesus says, hey, I want you to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Preach the gospel unto every creature. Just get going. Go out and reach out to lost people because they're dying and they're empty and they're sad and they're hurting. Hey, go get them. Tell them the gospel and bring them in. Hey, also, here's some other instructions. I want you to submit to the leaders in your life. We're like, mm, I don't know. I want you to serve when you show up to church. I don't know if I can make that work. We need a vacuum. We need to organize the room. We need to get donuts. We need to get coffee. We need, to, we need people to, to, to lead praise and worship. We need people to be in kid town. We need people to do the hospitality counter. There's so many things that need to be done so that we can be a church that edifies the church. And we're like, well, I don't, I don't know if I can get there on time. I don't know if I can. Maybe you're like, yeah, I, I'd do that. And which your leader would say, okay, I need you to show up every Sunday. And in fact, I need you to show up on Tuesday. We're like, well, can't you know i gotta work i don't think you understand i don't think you see it i'm not being legalistic i'm legalistic i'm saying well you you know you're not good enough i'm not saying you're not good enough i'm saying none of us are good enough and that's the point none of us are good enough we owe everything to him and he says come and serve and submit and plug in and we're like ah but you know what i've got these reasons why i can't and we don't have reasons why we can't. We only have reasons to be completely indebted to his grace and to follow his instructions. So what I'm saying is, that sacrifice you just formed, that ought to be you. A living sacrifice, ready to do whatever, whenever, however, wherever. Right? I said, let's start first priority clubs. I'm not giving you a hard time because I'm mad at you. I'm not. I said, let's start first priority clubs. And one person. It's like, yeah, I want to do that. And she doesn't even go to school. Two people. And neither of them go to school. They're both online. Yeah, but, you know, they already have one. At my school. Yeah, 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 but I couldn't do I can't fit it in my schedule. All right. I guess. I guess. Would somebody uh, pull up Luke 23? We're going to read kind of a, a long passage here. This is what Christ did. Christ lived a sinless life. 
and he came here to serve, and he came here to give it all, all. And he had no, he didn't deserve crucifixion whatsoever. And, and this is what he submitted to. Luke 23, 33, 46, somebody have that? Let it rip. Come to the place which is called So Jesus Christ <clears throat> gets derided, he gets mocked, he gets beaten, he gets brutalized, and the guys that are on the cross, that are up there with him, the one's like, we're up here because we deserve it. That guy didn't do anything to deserve that. He's like, hey, remember me, Lord. Like, Hey, I recognize you're the innocent son of God. You're the innocent, you're the innocent sacrifice. And I'm not. Right? And would we be just like that guy? What's his name? Barabbas? Would we be the ones who are who are who are hanging there as a sacrifice, knowing that we deserved it? But but actually Christ died for us. And actually we're alive. Because he was killed. Right? He rose again, and now we're just a living sacrifice. Surrendered, arms open to whatever he would have for us, whatever he would call us to do. And so when I say, why haven't you started a first priority club? Listen, I don't care about first priority. Honestly, my friend Steve just keeps texting me, keeps texting me and calling me, and I kind of just keep pushing him away. I'm like, yeah, 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 I get it, I get it, I get it, I get it. He wants to get things going. I'm like, I don't really care to get things going. All I want is, guys, I want to call you to something more, call you to something bigger, call you to something that causes you to sacrifice. Something that you can't do, actually. I don't know any of the details. I don't care about the details. Let's sacrifice our time. Let's sacrifice our interests and our endeavors. Why? Not just to start something, to do something, to be part of something, but because there are souls that can be saved if we will just say, not my will, 
But thy will be done. And how are you saying that? How is that playing out in your life? And I don't know. I mean, maybe you're doing it. Maybe you're, maybe you're fruitful. Secretly, you're fruitful. And you have all these people coming to Christ. And you're just winning them to Christ. And you're plugging them into the local church as the Bible instructs us to do. Maybe you're doing that already. And I just don't know. And if so, please let me in. I want to be part. Let me be part of the fruit. But if not, we're just a dead garden. We are just a garden with a bunch of little budding uh, green tomatoes. You ever seen a box garden with green tomatoes in it? Can you imagine that? We're just, here's a box. Here's a box. Here's a box. There's a box. And I think if, if our hearts are the fruit, I think there's a lot of weeds. I think there's a lot of distractions. I think there's a lot of cares of this world. And then there's very little fruit. And I'm saying, let's get in there and rip the distractions out. And let's surrender and let God pour into our heart, into our soul, and and make us fruitful. And then what will come out of our life is we'll be able to bear fruit, which means there's going to be people who are following us as we follow Christ. What does it look like to follow, follow Christ? It looks like being established in His Word. Being established in worship. Being established in your local church. Being established in ministry. That's it. Those four goals. If you're doing that, you're going to be fruitful. If you're not doing those four things, you're just attending. You're just like Seth and Celia, who got up here and said, I was just doing a religious thing. And they're sweet people. They were sweet while they were here. Seth was sweet. Celia was a little edgy. She's a little spunky. I loved it. It was great. But all the adults knew. They're just kind of here. And that's okay. Because now look at them. Now they're being fruitful. Seth. Here's what I know about Seth. There was a few other people in his grade that started student Bible studies. They started Bible studies in their house. One of them had like 20 kids coming to it. They said, yeah, we'll just, let's do it. Let's, let's just do something. One had like 20 kids. One had like seven or eight girls. Fruit was abounding. I said, Seth, will you start a Bible study at your house? He's like, sure. Yeah, I guess. And I was like, all right, cool. So I showed up to his house. I, did, I started it with him a couple times. He had a few people there. And I said, all right, Seth, you got this. I shouldn't have bailed so early. I bailed on him pretty quickly. And he held that Bible study faithfully. And no one showed up. But he made his house available. And he coordinated and he communicated and he tried. He tried. Even if it was partially just doing what he was supposed to do. And partially, I know he would say to me, I wept with him in that, in that sanctuary where he knew that he needed to worship God in truth. Like he needed to actually live out what God was calling him to do. He was trying to do something. Don't you want to do that? I do. I want to, I want to bite off more than I can chew. Let's just try to, try to do something. So, okay, so Christ lays his life down for us. So here's our direct applications. They stole my clock, so I have no idea what time it is. So I'm just going to preach all day. Our direct applications 
to that, to what Christ did in his obedience. He became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross is this. Believe on him as your Lord and Savior. Listen, 1 John 3.23 says, And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ. If you came to church today, if you wondered, what does God want me to do today? What does God want from me? If you don't know, if you wonder, what does God want? Hey, God, what do you want from me? I believe you're there, but I don't know you. What do you want from me? Here's what he wants from you. Believe on his son, Jesus Christ, as your personal Lord and Savior. Believe the gospel that we're saying, that Jesus, 100% God, 100% man, came to earth, 100% sinless, and then 100% got crucified for your sin was buried in a tomb, and he rose from the dead. And he's alive today. He was on earth. There was over 500 people all at once that saw him. It's a historical fact that Jesus rose from the dead. He was on earth for like 40 days. He was roaming around. You and I are talking about him today because he actually rose from the dead. And all the people who are writing the scriptures that we're reading and we're trusting, they saw him. They interacted with him. They wrote about what they then did after he ascended into heaven and how the church turned the world upside down. And we can believe them. You know why? Because they all died for it. They all died. They were all tortured. Some of them were hung upside down and crucified because they wouldn't be crucified upright like Christ was. They said, I don't deserve that kind of death. That turned me upside down. They're not just playing at it. They're not just attending church service. They were all in so that you and I can be all in. And just believing, yeah, Christ did that for me. He gave his life for me, so I'm going to give my life to him. And so if you're already saved, the way we apply that is you submit your life to him in whatever service he wants you for. Romans 6.13 says, Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God. What's God wanting you to do? Yield to that. Yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members, that's your body, your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. I'm going to use this body for what God wants me to use it for. You're like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Well, he gave you the church. And he gave you leaders in the church. And I'm one of them. And I'm not going to lord over you. But if you're wondering what you should do, come on and ask me. And I'm probably going to say something like, show up to church regularly. Don't just plug into services and think that you're getting something done. Forget about that, man. Leave that behind. I'd rather you not, I'd rather you not be in any services and just show up in here, get fed, and get led. I would prefer that. And then over time, we'll stick you in there. Celia came up to me when she was probably ninth grade, 10th grade. And she said, Jeff, I want to serve in Kid Town. And I said, oh, I haven't seen you in like four months. So why don't you come back and talk to me in six months? Come back and talk to me in six months of regular church attendance. You know what she said? What do you think she said? I mean, she's pretty sassy. What do you think she said? Never mind. She, she said, mine, so mine. She said, okay. Hmm. And then you know what she did? She showed up for six months, regularly, faithfully, and just gleaned what, what she could. And again, she says she's hard-hearted. I'm like, okay, yeah, you are, but at the same time, you're not. I think we're all hard-hearted. 
but you can decide that you'll be receptive enough to just submit to the body. So here's your key point. Be obedient unto death, even the death, not of the cross, but the death of yourself. Being crucified on a cross was Jesus' job, and he did that for you. Now your job is to be obedient, even the, be obedient unto death, even the death of yourself. And then we're going to conclude here with the results from that. Form your Plato into shape number four. We skipped one. That's okay. Shape number four, which is a king. Jesus was promoted. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, verse 9, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. There's coming a day when all of creation, future and past, will bow their knee and will confess with their tongue that Christ is Lord. There's going to be a day when it's going to happen. Everybody's going to submit. You see in Revelation 20, everyone will submit to Christ's Lordship. And going into eternity, He will be high and lifted up. Shining in the light of your glory. Pour out your power and love as we cry. <laughs> That's going to happen. That's going to happen. He's going to be high and lifted up as He deserves. And He deserves it because of His goodness and because of His kindness to us. Don't you know how good and kind God is? Don't you know how good and kind Jesus is to you? So that when I, the mean youth pastor who doesn't understand my situation, tells you to pull your head out of places it doesn't belong and let's get to work. Let's get to work. Invite me into your school. Let's start a first priority. Come on. Let's do it. He's good and kind. So when I'm mean to you, don't worry about that. When I feel like I'm, I, don't, I don't understand your situation, okay, sure, I don't. All right, I don't. I don't. But Jesus does. And he's enough. He's with you. And I'll do my best to get out of the way and let you do your thing. He's going to be high and lifted up because he's good and he's kind. And because he, he's sacrificial in his love. He's going to be high and lifted up because of his, his integrity. You know, he could have just said, I don't think I'm going to follow through with this. I think, actually, I'm just going to let them get what they deserve. And you know what? If he would have let us get what we deserve, wouldn't he have been okay? Like, wouldn't he have been right for that? I mean, don't we deserve it? Hell? Yeah. I mean, don't we deserve that? He could have just said, actually, change my mind. <laughs> because they're so defiant and hard-hearted, I'm just going to ascend up into heaven right now. But he didn't. He was sacrificial. He was faithful. He was loyal to the Father. And he will be high and lifted up because... He deserve it. He deserves it because of His truth, His purity, His greatness. He's going to be high and lifted up because He's the only one that deserves it. This is a place when every knee will bow and every tongue will confess Him as Lord. It's a place and a promotion only fit for our King. Don't you know He's our King? And only He deserves that, right? We don't deserve that. But we do have to submit ourselves and be obedient unto the death of ourselves 
And yet, if we will humble our hearts and we will submit to him, if we will surrender all and endure whatever he leads us through, there is a promise of promotion and lifting up for us as well. Did you know if you go through life, listen, I'm, I'm pretty much done. If you go through life from here until the end, and you are self-serving, self-promoting, self-exploring, self-discovering, a selfish, weak, puny Christian, if that's what you're going to be, you're going to get to eternity. And if you're saved, the loss, the regret, the shame of what if I would have. You know, like I think about, I swam in high school. Okay, so that was like the sport I did. Swam for four years in high school. I get to senior year. You know, and there's like some small colleges who I could like maybe go swim for. And I thought that was pretty cool. But you know what I thought of? There were thoughts swirling around that were like, man, what if I would have like, you know, things like, things like, what if I would have not skipped practice because I was tired? What if I would have started swimming earlier? What if I would have like started swimming when I was a little kid like some of my peers did? Would I be even better? Would I have even more promotion available to me? But I didn't. I skipped practices sometimes. I slept in when we had morning practices. I, I, you know, our thing was, especially early on, you'd be at practice and you have to swim laps. And there would be a set. Like, you've got to swim, you know, 10 100s. And I would skip a 100. I'd sit on the side while everybody else is swimming. I'm just resting. So tired. I got to get out and go. I gotta get out and go pee. As if not, as if I didn't just pee in the pool like oh, 20 minutes earlier. Gosh. But I gotta make an excuse to get out because I just want to break. It's just hard. It's hard. It's just so hard. It's so hard. I was so, you know, it's like, oh man, I wish I would have. I think it's gonna be that, but like maybe on a on a scale of. The magnitude much greater. Like, what if I would have when Jeff kept on yelling at me? He just kept on yelling. He kept saying the same thing, and I got tired of it the third time he said it an hour ago. What if I would have, though, just said, you know what? Why not? Come on in. Let's go. And then for the next 10 years, God blows up my life. What if? Romans 8, 16 to 18 says, The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Only you and the Lord know if you're saved. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with Him, that we may be also glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy. They're not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Don't you know, your suffering... My suffering is nothing. To be embarrassed in front of your peers, it's nothing. First Peter 5, verse 5 through 7. Likewise, ye younger, here's what, here's what God tells you to do. Submit yourselves unto the elder. 
Yea, all of you be subject one to another, and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud, and giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. One lesson you got to learn, if you're ever going to amount to anything spiritually, if God's ever going to be able to use you for great and mighty things, you've got to be humble and submit. you got to be humble and submit. If Sam or Brandon or Kenny or any of my pastors came in and told me, Jeff, I need you to go stand in that corner, <coughs> I'd have a lot of questions. But I like to think that I would... Okay. <laughs> What's next? Please get me on to the next thing. That's what I would think. Well, I think I like to think I would do it. And you know what? Here's here's what my pride would say. Ready? Watch this. Here's what my pride would say. I'd go stand in the corner, and I'd be like, I could be doing so much more. I could be doing so much more for the Lord, but they got me in the corner. Put me to work. Put me to work. Let me do something real. Let me do something of work. Don't just stand me in the corner. That's what my pride would say. But what does God want to exalt? Humility. Submission. Kylie's the most capable person I know. She's intelligent. She's a go-getter. The adults can... can they can uh, testify to that. Kylie could do anything she puts her mind to. I really believe that. And you know what she does every day? She submits to me. I cannot do whatever I put my mind to. Because I'm just for the sake of my disorganization, I would forget what I was supposed to do. I'm going to do anything I put my mind to. I'm going to, what was I going to do? <laughs> And, 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 I, and then I say things like, I want breakfast at 9 a.m. And I want dinner at 5 p.m. And I write it on a piece of paper and I post it on a cabinet. I'm like, come on, get the meals at the right time. And you know what she says? Okay. That's crazy, isn't it? Can we do that? To Jesus, our husband? You want meals at this time? You want me to stand in this corner from here to here? Your goal is actually just to be the Play-Doh. The Lord is the one who will conform you. He's the one that's going to mold you. He's going to change you. He's going he's to mush you up. He's going to stretch you thin. He's going to put you in a container when you feel like you should be out doing something more impressive. He's the one that's going to soften you and he's going to build you into what he wants. Your job is to just be as soft and pliable as you can be. So here's your conclusion. Be humble. Be low. Be tender and soft-hearted so God can execute His will in your life. And if you know this morning, here, here's the last application, and it's not up there, I just tell you it. If you know that your heart is hard, and if you know that you would like to pray and worship until it's soft, let's do that this morning. Let's do it. That's why we're going to go into the next service and, and sing praise to, to put our flesh in submission and say, Lord, you have your way with my life. That makes sense. I felt like I was yelling at you. It's been a while since I've been up here, so 
I believe in you. I believe that this group, you're going to have testimonies just like Seth and Celia and the many other students who are going to come back. And you're going to be able to admit to your weakness while you are here, but you're going you're gonna to be able to testify to who God has been to you and what God is doing in your life. I believe that. But I believe you can start that now. I believe you can decide now. You know what? Actually, in high school, I loved student ministry because God was doing this in my life. And I knew he was with me because I surrendered all. You can have a testimony that's just from fruitful to fruitful. Make sense? I'm going to pray and then we're all, all done. Father, thank you, God, for your word that is like a hammer. And it can be uh, intense and it can be heavy and it can be... Uh, it can feel aggressive and, and it can feel like maybe it hurts and Lord you know that my heart is for everyone in this room uh, and but God I see from your word I look at your word and I look at our hearts and I just see there's hardness and I think that there's a resistance to just being humble and submissive and God I just pray that you by your spirit and your word would soften the hearts of this group and that you would then be able to have your way in our lives and you would bear fruit in these students' lives, and God, I believe you can do that, and so I'm asking that you will, and I ask for it in Jesus' name, amen. I love you guys. I'll see you in there in a little bit. Whoa. Oh, yeah, put the Play-Doh back in the container, and then if you can stick it over there on that shelf down there. This was a sacrifice, and the Looks like a turkey. I saw something. Oh, uh, I think I saw a turd.
It's huge. Are you sure if I go with it too? Yeah, do it. Sounds fun. Schedule of what you're thinking. Excuse me. 